Hey guys, it's Erica Aguilar with ONA On Air Podcast. I hope you're enjoying the conference. One session that was well attended, we got so many tips, so many tweets about it, was on how to have difficult conversations in your newsroom. It was led by Destine Cherise Real with the New York Times and Lou Ortiz Perez. Um, Lou, where do you work for? I work for Vita Activa, an organization that we just founded, and we provide peer-to-peer care support and psychological first aid for journalists who are experiencing trauma, burnout, mm-hmm. online harassment, or even harassment in the newsroom. Such an important topic, you know, especially as we're covering all of these big tragedies happen. Um, Roya, you led a lot of the, the conversation here, and you offer some really great tips. Can you share a couple of those tips with us? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so whenever you're approaching a diff- difficult conversation, there's a, a four-step process that I do. Uh, One is to just take a minute um, and figure out um, how you're feeling. Uh, Is it really me? Uh, Should I be offended by this? Is this, am I being sensitive? And then uh, maybe even ask, you know, turn around in your chair and ask a colleague, uh, hey, can you just read this over my shoulder? I'm not sure. Depending on what happened today, my frame of mind might be a little bit off. Could you take a look? Then uh, once you've decided, yes, this is something that I want to talk about, I want to you know, bring it up to someone, then you can uh, prepare what you're going to say. Now, depending on what it is, maybe you're on deadline, maybe this is a process that takes you just a couple of minutes, maybe it's a big conversation about workplace culture or um, some challenge that you're having at work that's involving multiple people, and you have to have a sit-down meeting, right? And maybe that's going to be in a day or even a week, right? Um, so you prepare what you're going to say, uh, think about what the other person's perspective is, um, and then come to your next step, which is to talk to the person. The biggest thing with talking is to assume the best in people. Um, You want to assume that the person does not know that they made a mistake. Assume that your colleague is not trying to get on your nerves. Uh, (laughs) Assume that uh, this reporter did not know that that term they use is uh, disparaging or insensitive or that uh, they were being tone deaf. Um, You want to assume that people are trying to do the right thing and you have a common goal. I think we uh, fall into problems when the assumption is that the person definitely was trying to do the wrong thing. Yeah, right. Um, so that's, that's, a, that's a big part of it. Lou, you talked you, uh, during the conversation, you had said that um, we don't teach this in J school. You know, like we don't have these conversations about have a, how to have a conversation with your colleagues or your manager or even sources. You know, sometimes they get mad at you or something like that. Tell me why you guys decided to partner for this workshop and bring these tips to people here at ONA 19. Circumstance is always phenomenal. And we, we have always talked about this together. And, uh, and it's also because we encounter uh, similar situations in the context of the work that we do. You cannot see us, but I am a Hispanic woman. Mm-hmm. Royal is African-American. We are not small. We're actually pretty, pretty enthusiastic and very big personalities. Mm-hmm. And so when we enter a room, people see us. Mm-hmm. And when they see us, people judge us. And we've had to deal with this package that is ourselves for such a long time that we've decided just to take on approaches that are constructive, but they're also less weighing on the way we 
live and you know have lives and love the world because yeah. we carry a lot of emotional you know labor yeah and uh, I would say that I love what you said about like living with your package because when I step out that's the first thing people see me do right sure. brown woman and sure. so then you know everything gets processed that way and I think we forget to think about that way about each other you know we all have these pieces of our identity right I'm black I'm a woman there's intersectionality I'm a black woman you know I'm from New York these are all things that play into the lenses that I walk around this world with and uh, one of the things I said at the beginning was I was explaining you know I'm an introvert um, I like order I like to plan uh, I like to know what I'm talking about before I speak um, and I did that to share with everyone that the advice that I give uh, can be useful to you if you make your adjustments. I ask people, what do you do when you first get in a car that's not yours, when you're renting a car? I said, well, you have to adjust your seat, right? You have mm -hmm. to adjust your mirrors. Everyone can drive this car, but we all have to make adjustments so that it works for us. Was there anything that surprised you um, or something that happened during the discussion that you guys want to, to highlight? I want to say something. We always, uh, uh, Royal is a wordsmith, and I am a communicator, a disruptive communicator. And I want to call you on one thing. We're not guys, we're women. So when we say you guys, there's no guys in the room. Yeah. So then there were, there, there were some men, but we are, we are women. And as women, we always have this little voice in our shoulder, like, is it really going to work out? Yes. Like, do we, did we have enough time to plan or not? Are we amplifying each other's talents and voice? Yeah. To me, the most surprising thing is that the plan worked, that people were very enthusiastic. Very. And that is also very sad, because this is probably, will be probably one of the most attended sessions, because people are not feeling empowered enough and cared about enough in their work because of life, and that's why they're here. Yeah. That's surprising to me. Why was there so many people? Why were there so many women? Why was there so many people of color? I saw a bunch of queer people too, so why, why? Mm -hmm. In journalism specifically, there's so many um, friction points and pain points. Um, there's so many different personalities. There's so many different kinds of stories to navigate, um, especially around um, race, ethnicity, Anytime you have people who are of one experience reporting on the experience of anyone else, there's going to be um, some blind spots. Mm -hmm. the, the point is not that you have to be of one cultural group to report on that cultural group. The point is to acknowledge that you are not of that cultural group and be prepared and be open to the possibility that you do not know everything about this cultural group. And that's where some difficult conversations come in because maybe you as a reporter don't want to seem that you don't know something or maybe you're sensitive because you put in a lot of work on a story, um, not realizing that, hey, maybe it needed another eye. Maybe you needed someone else's lenses to fully understand a community. Um, so it's just important to be self-aware when we're gathering news and, and talking about different kinds of people um, that, uh, you know, we don't all know everything. Mm -hmm. So to just the way you're a journalist and a researcher and a reporter about, you know, getting this fact and these figures, you have to do the same thing with people and their experiences. Yeah.
That was Destiné Cherise Royal, who's senior staff editor for graphics at the New York Times, and Luisa Ortiz Perez, executive director and co-founder for VitaActive.org. You can find them both at Twitter. And because the session was so popular and there was so much that we didn't get to in our conversation, I want to play for you the entire session. It's called How to Approach Difficult Conversations, a Guide to Improve Your Newsroom Culture, Your Coverage, and Your Life. America Aguilar, this is ONA on Air. Thank you all for coming. Uh, today we're going to be talking about difficult conversations, uh, how to improve your news coverage, your newsroom, and your life. And so as we go through this talk, I want you to think about those distinct categories and how what we're talking about can ap apply to all of those things. My name is Destiny Sharice Royal. And Lou? I'm Lou Ortiz. Hi. <laughs> and there's room here in front. Come. We don't buy if you want to um, tweet, it's, uh, our hashtag is up there, ONA19Culture. So uh, we wanted to introduce yourself and tell us what you do. Uh, I am a Mexican-born former journalist in, in recovery, and uh, I run a helpline. I provide support with a group of peers for individuals who are experiencing uh, burnout, stress fatigue, trauma as well as harassment in the newsroom or when they are working. We'll give you, provide you details. Our organization is called Vita Activa. And uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, Vita Activa ORG. Great. And so uh, Lou and I met at the Pointer Academy, Leadership Academy for Women in Digital Media. And this spring, uh, I gave a version of this talk to the spring cohort and uh, this is an adaptation of that. Um, and I wanted to, before we get started, tell you a little bit about myself so you can sort of calibrate this talk to your personality. Uh, I'm a Myers-Briggs ISTJ, which means I'm a, I'm a hard introvert. And after this, I'm going to have to go back to my hotel room and manage my energy. <laughs> you can imagine I am not an introvert, so we can go for cocktails afterwards. I can speak for my friend. I'm a weird twins. Yeah. Um, I like projects, which is why I was fixing up my 120-year-old uh, Philadelphia Row House. Uh, I'm an editor at the New York Times. I work in the graphics department. I love words and I like to fix things and elevate stories. I am a goat of a Capricorn. I'm very determined. And I like my ducks in a row. Uh, I know this sounds like a dating profile, but uh, I'm just telling you so that you can kind of um, adjust your, uh, you know, adjust how you see this talk. By a show of hands, who has ever um, either rented a car, done like a zip car, or driven someone else's motor vehicle? Okay, so you get in the car, and what's the first thing you do if it's not your car? Yeah, you adjust the seat. If you're tall, you might have to like scooch back. If you're shorter, you might have to bring it forward. You have to adjust the mirrors, right? So that's what I need you to do for this talk. Okay, so I'm, a, I'm an introvert, right? If you're an extrovert, you might have to like change things up a little bit. So just like keep that in mind. All right. So I figured that since we're talking about difficult stuff, I would give you the opposite and give you a bunch of pictures of amusement parks. Is that okay? <laughs> um, this is gonna be a little bit of a ride. So um, 
if you're like me, you like to know what's coming next. So we're going to go through this deck, and then we're going to do uh, role playing, and we're going to you're all going to talk amongst yourself about uh, different scenarios, and then some brave souls are going to come up here and do a little acting. I want to see your skills. And then we're going to have 30 minutes for questions, answers, comments, and advice that you can share with your peers here. Sound good? Can I ask people who are in the back? There's a few yeah, chairs. Yeah, there's a couple of chairs here. Can people raise hands if they have empty chairs in their tables? Yeah. So please come in. Dear friend from the volunteer squad. <laughs> She's right at the door. Colleague. <laughs> I think Senora, could you ask for more chairs? Can you do that for us? Thank you so much, dear. Excellent. Oh, and I just have a little bit of a disclaimer. Um, I'm not a lawyer and neither is Louisa. So we're giving advice from our personal experience. This is uh, all uh, based on a true story. And we've changed names to protect the guilty and the innocent. <laughs> yes. Okay, so let's, let's go on this ride together. What is a difficult conversation? Uh, do you want, oh, let's, let's do the easel and, and ask people and like write it down. Anybody, what's a difficult conversation to you? There, I have two chairs here. One Salary here. negotiation. Anybody else? What's that? Performance reviews. Performance. Right, bad performance reviews. Other folks? Disagreements between colleagues. Right, exactly. Other folks on this side? Yeah. I like, I like the way you said that, raising someone's consciousness about <laughs> insensitive language and that kind of thing. And then someone else over there? Yeah. Uh, conflicting guidelines from management. Ooh, conflicting guidelines from management. Somebody else? Mm -hmm. Career development? Career development stuff, yeah, okay. In the pink? Any conversation with writing. Ooh, yes, there was someone, else. yeah. Con content that isn't finding an audience. Ooh, yeah, that's, that could be uh, content that's not finding an audience. And one more? Ooh, disagreements in an edit when the subject is very personal. There's another person. What's that? Toxic environment. Toxic environment. Workplace culture stuff, right? Constructive versus negative feedback. Ooh, constructive versus negative feedback. Yeah, those are all things that are, can be super difficult to talk about. Um, and we're going to uh, tell you the definition, the broad definition for this talk is a difficult conversation is one you don't want to have, right? and you've been putting it off, and it could fall into any of those categories. And this is a personal thing. If you are super comfortable talking about one subject area, and maybe not another, something that might be easy for me, because I've done it 100 times, may be like terrifying for you, and vice versa. So that's something to that, that keep in mind, keep a good perspective. So in order to figure out how you're going to approach a difficult conversation, we first have to um, figure out what makes this particular conversation difficult. So what is it about the things that we just said that might be make it hard? Like what are some of your fears going into a conversation about say uh, a toxic work culture? Just anybody. You can just say, yeah, in the back. Yes. Your relationship with another person might be compromised because you're having this talk. Somebody else. Yes. Yeah, so it might backfire somehow. It's going to escalate the situation. Yeah. And you'll just be shut down. Yes, you'll be shut down, and it won't make a difference that you said anything in the first place. And maybe you like messed up a relationship. All the way in the back. 
Yeah, as a manager, you want to be able to make sure that the story gets, still gets out there, out that, that, that day, the deadline is still met, you still have work to do, and you don't want to get in, in the way of that. Somebody else? Yes. Yeah, sometimes you go in the conversation, it doesn't really go the way you planned it, and you sort of stumble a little bit, and you're like, was that exactly worth it? Did I make it worse? One more. Yes? Yeah, that is, that is something that is increasingly happening, right? Because there's uh, so many people doing kind of multiple jobs and you know, their lines blurred. And so sometimes you could be technically not someone's manager, but you have some kind of supervisory role or you need to keep the you know, train moving on time. And so it can be difficult to talk to that person. So um, all those things are true. And these are just some of the things we've already voiced. Uh, you're, there's a fear or concern that you're going to be penalized or you make the situation worse, it might backfire. You might reveal a vulnerability or what maybe someone will feel as a vulnerability. Like if you say, uh, this is too much work for me to handle, then you fear that you may look incompetent, right? Uh, there's a fear of being uh, misunderstood. Fear it won't make a difference at all. Uh, and this one is really big. If you're an editor and someone has written something that's uh, insensitive, you are kind of scared that they might say, like, are you saying I'm racist? Are you saying I'm sexist? And that's when you get into the whole, but my best friend is black. I'm married to a woman. You know, like, that's when you get, that's when you get that kind of talk. And then a fear of becoming emotional. Does anyone ever have that? Where you're like, I am so vexed that I might just start cursing somebody out in iambic pentameter, <laughs> you know, in a poetic fashion. Uh, or you might be a person who, you know, doesn't really trust your voice when you become upset because you think you might cry. Or the combo folk are my favorite where you curse somebody out while you're crying. <laughs> uh, or there's some kind of gap between expectations and reality, right? Like someone is supposed to be doing this and they're like all the way down here doing something that's like not up to expectations. Uh, are the recommendations based in true events? Oh, absolutely. Everything in this talk, which I, like I said, I gave in pointer, is something that I either personally experienced or um, you know, someone came to me advice, for advice about or um, I saw it happening. So th these are, we didn't have to pull things out from other people's experiences. This is legit stuff. Okay, so I have devised these steps that you can take to figure out how you're going to approach this thing. First step, take a minute, all right? We're going to go into each step, so this is just the overview. Uh, step two, you want to prepare for the conversation. Step three, you have the actual talk, and then you have to follow up to make sure that you get the result that you're looking for. Okay, so what is in the take a minute step? The take a minute step is, is it just me? You know? Like, I'm reading this story. I, I used to be a copy editor. I've been a, some kind of editor most of my career. I've done some reporting, web producing. And so I've read very many stories that something seems so ridiculous and so out there. And I'm like, 
<laughs> is it just me or is this a little insensitive, right? So that's like the gut check you do with yourself. Sometimes you might have to turn around and talk to your colleague and be like, Louis, could you just, could you just read this real quick? Did, does this seem kind of sexist to you? It does. Yeah. So this could be literally a split second thing that happens, or you might have to sort of, you know, work a room and say, like, could you just read this? I, you know, I've had like five microaggressions today. Maybe I'm a little bit on edge. <laughs> so that's that step. Is this really an issue, right? And so once you figure out, yes, it is, then you proceed. And these are, I talk about um, having a difficult, difficult conversation as a way to improve your life. And what I mean by that is it could be a real act of self-care and self-love. Because if you are dealing with a situation on the daily that is annoying you to the point that outside of work, you're talking to all your friends about it, they're just trying to have dinner, catch up on brunch, and you hear talking about your job and your boss and your direct reports for an hour, and they just want to talk about Lizzo. <laughs> um, it may be an issue if the quality of your work will suffer if you don't speak up. So people are pulling you in all these different directions, right? And you're like, okay, I know how to do this core function of my job and I'm excellent at it, but you're telling me to do this and that and that's not even my specialty. Um, and I know I'm not competent yet to do that and I shouldn't have to because it's not part of my job, that kind of thing. Or you have to do more work because you're not putting your foot down or you're not um, expressing, hey, look, this is a lot of work, maybe you don't know. Or you're relying too much on your coping me mechanisms. Everybody has them, you might eat chocolate, you might have ice cream, you might drink, you might whatever. You might have to like, uh, you know, go bowling every day, I don't know what you do, but whatever your coping mechanism is, you're doing it way a lot all the time, maybe you should have a talk instead. If it's affecting your sleep, if you have insomnia, if you can't fall asleep, or if you're getting up way early, way early, waking up in the middle of the night, that kind of stuff, you need to just go ahead and have a difficult conversation. You have to pick your heart. It's hard to speak up and talk to someone, especially if the person is a manager or someone who has more influence than you, right? But it's also hard to suffer every day when you don't have to. So pick your heart. Um, okay. What is my fear? Is it that, you know, someone will think I'm not competent? Is it that, I don't know, Miss Piggy will leave me? What is your fear? You have to figure this out before you have your talk, because it's going to frame everything you do from there. Okay, what's the impact? Meaning, if you don't do anything, right, if you don't go ahead and have this difficult conversation, what will happen? Like, will nothing happen? Will someone eventually, you know, ask for you? Will... If you do say something, could that possibly change it or you think it's not worth it? Can anyone else do it? This is critical for people who are the only one, okay? You have to find some allies. If, if you have a situation at work that's affecting 20 people, you don't have to be the one to say something all of the time. Talk to other folks who are affected and say, listen, I brought up XYZ last week. How about you bring up one, two, three this week? That's fair, right? Do I have bigger ass? Now, by that I mean, are you looking to work, say, four days a week instead of five, and that's like a really big thing to do in your department? Are you asking to work remote or something like that, and that's a really big thing in your department, and you are um, asking your boss for that, and that, might, that decision might be on the table right now? Maybe if it's a small thing, 
that you can live with and is maybe more like an annoyance, maybe you leave it until later. So you just kind of like have to weigh it, weigh your work culture, weigh the, peop the person who you are going to be talking with. Um, you know, it's just a consideration. I'm not saying you shouldn't go ahead and have a, a talk about it, but it's just something to consider. Is there any other way? If you are a person who would rather eat a bucket of scorpions than have a confrontation with a colleague, then I, I, I hear you. So this is what you can do. You wanna, you wanna go southbound, <laughs> and the thing is going northbound, right? So this is what you do. You talk to allies, and you get, um, you get people on your side. You can do, um, you can go together. You can make it a group thing. Say you have like a weekly meeting. These are some things that you can do. So you can team up with somebody. You have that little meeting and say like, hey, this is a concern of mine, um, but it is uh, important to us all. So can someone else bring it up in this meeting and I will amplify you. So, Aaron, could you just bring it up in this, e I'm sorry to call you out there. <laughs> You can say, Aaron, not that there's anyone named Aaron in this room, but uh, you can say, you can say, Aaron, um, you know, could you bring this up in the meeting? And when you say, uh, you know, I really think that we should take break at noon instead of one, it's a lot more convenient for people. Um, you know, when you go ahead and say that in the meeting, then I will say, you know, I really agree with Erin on that. Um, that, could, that could really help a lot of people out and we could be, work more efficiently and people won't have to do it over the lunch or something like that, right? Um, I kind of give my pep, myself a pep talk sometimes. I'll talk with myself first and kind of just hear the words coming out of my mouth. Um, I don't have a pet, but if you have a dog, you can talk to your dog, talk to your cat, talk to your goldfish, and just say like, hey, um, if I'm gonna be talking to this person, let me hear what it sounds like. Do I sound like I'm complaining too much? Do I sound as, as if, um, you know, like I'm not sure that I'm right? And you, when you say these things out loud in the mirror, you will, you'll get it. it, it does actually make a difference. You guys know this trick about asking why five times? So you, um, so you ask yourself a question like, um, why is this thing bothering me? It's like, oh, well, it's bothering me because I will have to um, take a break at one o'clock. Well, why is taking a break at one o'clock not good? Oh, if I have to take a break at one o'clock, then, um, then I have to miss this other meeting. Well, why is it bad to miss this meeting? Well, that's where I meet with my mentor, and so that's like really good professional development for me. So you get the idea, right? So you get to the root of why you want something, and you could also do it on the flip side and sort of figure out what another person wants. And this talking with an ally is really important, but you have to be very careful that it's someone you can trust. Don't make that mistake where it's just, you know, you're sort of ventilating to someone not realizing that they actually have a greater allegiance to the person you need to talk to, because that can, that can mess you up too. Ask me how I know. Okay. Uh, also, maybe it's not so bad. I know we like did this whole build up that like, oh my gosh, you know, you know my, uh, uh, I'm, someone's going to think I'm incompetent, and you know, uh, if I'm on the phone with this reporter, they're going to like jump, you know, jump down my throat because you know they're going to think that I think that they're racist and and whatever. And I can't tell you how many times as a copy editor I have sort of come up with a couple of ideas for how something could be changed and say, you know, this 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 sentence. I'm not sure if you realize this, but this is a disparaging term for people of color of whatever ethnic group. 
And they're like, oh, wow. Oh, sure. Just, yeah, let's just change it to what you want. Like, let's just do that. And it's like, it's a 10 second thing. Sometimes we build things up in our head and it's really not that big of a deal. And I'm not saying that's all situations, but like, you know, I haven't done any research on this, but it might be like 20%. If it's 20%, then that's like a really good percentage to just go ahead and ask, right? Okay, this is a pretty picture of a, you know, an amusement park carousel. Um, prepare. <laughs> now, the degree of preparation is going to depend on a number of things. One, if you're a person who likes to plan and feels most comfortable going into a situation with as much control as you can as possible, knowing that you'll have to be flexible, then you might need to work some things out in a way that someone who uh, can speak more extemporaneously and is like better on their feet can. So it's going to depend. And it's also going to depend on you know if it's a deadline situation. If you have to talk to, say, a reporter or an editor, um, and you have to publish in 20 minutes, you don't have time to make a you know, super long list and you know, practice in the mirror and talk to your dog. So um, you know, that's gonna kind of depend. But here are some things I think are critical to do even if you have to do them in five minutes. Figure out the lay of the land. And by that I mean, um, if you're talking to someone who is say your manager, figure out, you know, talk to some colleagues and say like, you know, what does is, what is John like to do on this, or what can you tell me about this situation? If it's uh, going across departments, you know, I, you know, I don't really work with photo department that much. Uh, is there a point person there, and you know, who's really in charge? Because you know, a lot of people have different titles, and it'll be hard to tell who's doing what for the actual task you need or the actual problem you have. So just kind of get the lay of the land, do what you need to do, do that, and uh, figure out what they want. We've all been taught that the golden rule is what? Does anybody shout it out? Yeah, treat others the way you want to be treated. But here's the thing, when it comes to difficult conversations, you really, really need to treat people the way they want to be treated. So remember I was telling you about you know, being an introvert or an extrovert. Introverts like to have a plan and um, like to know every little detail before you speak sometimes. Actually, that's not just an introvert. That's, um, that's a, a couple of different personality types. But, um, you, you want to know what you're going to talk about before you speak. Other people are much more comfortable sort of just talking out loud, even in meetings. Like, I, that's not me. I like to, like, have a plan and know, you know. So you have to know what your, your personality is, but figure out what they want. Put yourself in their shoes. And then, um, you know, there are a lot of managers who all day they hear about other people's problems. And so if you can offer a solution to something as you're raising, like, just so you know, this is a challenge of mine, they're so much more likely to just kind of uh, help you out. Because all they have to do is say yes. It's not I, like, here's this big problem, figure it out. All they have to do now is say yes. So come with a couple possible solutions. Um, and also with the figure out what they want, um, I wanted to make a point about that, is that if I'm editing someone's copy, right, the thing that I know most reporters are concerned about when they hear that I'm going to make a change is, is it still going to be in my voice, right? Is it going to sound like someone else just inserted something into my story? Is it going to still be accurate? Okay, maybe it will sound better, but is it still going to be accurate? So anticipate that stuff and say like, oh, you know, I checked this out on XYZ, reliable source, and this is accurate. Like, how do you feel about this language? And then you're much more likely to get a yes. Okay, this is huge. Use radical empathy. And what I mean by that is consider the other person 
even if you think that they're wrong, right? And then also offer your lenses. Every one of us in this room has all these slivers of our personality, all these slivers of our identity. I'm black, I'm also a woman, I'm also from the Bronx, I also work at the New York Times, I'm also an editor, I'm also, you know, an American, right? We have all these parts of ourselves, and then there's intersectionality, right? So I'm a black woman that's different than being a black man, for instance, okay? So remember when I was talking about, you know, you, we can all drive the same car, but I'm gonna have to adjust my seat and adjust my mirrors? It's the same kind of thing. So it's not that someone who's not black can't understand what it is to be black, but I have to give them my lenses sometimes. It's not gonna come from their experience, but if I say like, hey, here are some of the things that I experienced, then they can see it, right? How many people here, by show of hands, uh, wear glasses or contacts or ever did? Okay, so I've been wearing glasses since I was about five or six years old, and that very first time that you wear glasses, you think that you already have been seeing fine for your entire life. And then you put those things on and you could see trees in a way that you have never seen before. You could see leaves, right? Like, it's just green, but then you get to see branches, okay? It's the same thing. So, you, yes, I can see these trees, but I have to wear these lenses, right? So it's the same thing. Okay, this is again with the practice. Write it down. You can just, like, you know, jot down a couple of notes, uh, fine-tune your phrasing. Sometimes the first time it comes out of your mouth, it's a little harsh, right? If you are a person who knows already, this is where self-awareness self is critical. If you are a person who knows that you kind of come off a little harsh to some people, right or wrong, this is a thing you have to acknowledge. And so sometimes you might have to just call someone's name. That helps a lot. Louisa. Yes. You know, uh, I saw you doing that thing, and it's fine, but Louisa, 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 right? So. Once you use uh, someone's name, then there's a more of a connection. You're looking that person in the eye. You are um, saying their name. And your name is probably one of the most soothing things to your own ear. You've been hearing it your entire life. It shows that I'm talking to you personally, right? Can I say something sure. here? Uh, note of caution, it's important to ask people how they want to be called. That is really important. You were talking about your name, but some people don't know the name that we have chosen for ourselves. And especially in a context of inclusion, in a context of diversity, you need to ask a person's pronoun and the name that they want to use. Because sometimes maybe you would say, Luisa, and I want, you to, I want to tell you my name is Jorge. Mm -hmm. Call me Jorge because that's the name I tell myself. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's super important. Or ask if you cannot pronounce somebody's name. Ooh. How do you pronounce your name? Yes. What, is, what is your name? Mallory. And uh, Mallory. And uh, how do you like to be called? Do you like Mal? Do you like? Mallory. And what is your pronoun? She. Okay. Yeah. My first name is Destiny Sharice, which fits on nothing and everyone butchers. Uh, so I cannot tell you how, um, how true what Louisa just said is, you know, get people's name right. So it's, it's just respect. It's not even, it's, it's respect. Okay, um, an amusement park. <laughs> Bumper cars. They're cute, right? Okay. Um, so now that you, uh, you've prepared, now you have to have the talk. Uh, this is the big one. 
This next point is the most important of the entire deck. It's probably one of the most important points that, of this whole entire session. And that is to assume the best in people. You will shut down a conversation so quickly if you say, can we not be racist in our nut graphs? Can we not be sexist in our headlines, right? Assume that your colleague does not know that he is working on your last nerve. Assume that your boss, even though you're working 80 hours a week, does not realize that he's taking you away from your entire family and you never get to sleep. Assume he doesn't know that you're working 80 hours a week, okay? Assume, uh, I don't know, that someone is just, they didn't know that that word uh, was insensitive. I am, like I said, my background is in copy editing, and uh, which makes me a word nerd by nature, and I'm a journalist, which makes me a wordsmith by trade. And I regularly run into words that I don't know, used or used in a way that I didn't know they were used. Um, and so when you don't know, you don't know. And so consider that you with your lenses and your experience and all of your identities, right? Assume that the other person does not have that same perspective. They didn't have a reason to know that that word was you know, a slur for this particular culture, right? Assume that they didn't know um, that that turn of phrase was offensive or in that context, it was offensive. And this is particularly important because there's so many um, phrases that wind up in the lexicon that are uh, from, say, uh, uh, people of color, right? And they are very specific to a certain cultural group, but they just kind of get you know, to be American or international, and they're used in a very kind of broad way, right? And so it sort of it's, it can be insensitive for people of that that culture. So it's just something to keep in mind. So don't ever assume that someone knows all the things. Um, assume that they don't know, and you just need to tell them, and then it'll be fine. Assume that. Um, so when you go into this talk, you have to have an open mind. I know you did all that preparation, especially if you're like me, you're like, okay, I gotta go in there with a plan, but you also have to be flexible because maybe the, um, the solution that you've generated in your mind, um, the solution you've generated in your mind uh, is not quite the way it's gonna end up. Maybe it has to be some kind of compromise, right? So walk in there with a collaborative spirit and say, you know, um, here are some, can we have this kind of brainstorming session? Here are some ideas that we can explore together, you know? As opposed to saying like, let's do it this way, definitely. And show understanding. Um, you know, I know that the budget this year is kind of slim, but I would still like to go to ONA. Don't use but, I'll get into that in a second. But um, <laughs> yeah, so just show that you know where the other person is coming from. And so this is, you can even say, this is my read. Um, you're saying that, it, is, it would be difficult for us to do this because we don't have the budget this year, or um, that's too close to deadline, or that would set us up uh, uh, to not be able to work with that other department. Um, so you acknowledge where you are, meet people where they are, and then move forward. Okay, this is a big one. You wanna talk to someone as much as possible, meaning don't email them or don't slack them because nuance can be lost. When you have to go through difficult conversations, you wanna 
you know, talk as much as possible. You go to this meeting, you know, thank you for coming. Um, if you're, uh, for managers who have to get performance reviews or just tell people that they're not doing that great in a certain area, you call the meeting, get right to it. Don't ask, ask about someone's, you know, kids and their hobbies and stuff like that. That just makes it uh, more jarring when you have to get to the point that they're not performing the way you want. Um, you want to acknowledge anything that you have in common, you know, uh, work, you know, it looks like you're on opposite sides of the issue, but you have this common goal, right? Um, keep in mind what the other person wants, and I say keep your butts down, because that's, at the times we use that, because uh, we use upstyle headlines, and the word but, the B in butt is down, but it's so easy to make it up, and so we say keep your butts down. But it also works for this. Uh -huh. um, so you want to say yes and, because the but can negate what you, whatever you said before. What if there's no time to plan, okay? If you're in a meeting, someone says something that's a little insensitive or off color or whatever, if you don't know, just say something in the moment. Say, you know, you know what, that's not how I experienced it. Don't negate someone else's experience, right? It's because that's the way they felt it. That's the way it happened from their experience. To say, you know, that's not what, what it was when it went, happened to me. You know, I hear you, right? Acknowledging, understanding, and then may I offer another perspective? Can we think on this? Can we come back to it? Let me think on it and get back to you. Uh, I'm thinking there's some more ideas to explore. Can we review later? Can you tell me more about that? That's a big one. Because you don't, maybe you don't have a full understanding and so you, you're, if you did, then you would understand what they're talking about and could maybe agree with them. So it also buys you a little bit of time to figure out what you want to say if you're an introvert. Um, and I like this one too. You know, Royal has dealt with this before, or Lou has dealt with this before. Can we bring her into the conversation? And that's also a way you can bring people into the conversation who should have been there in the first place, right? Um, and if you are in a, a place where, you know, maybe there aren't that many people of color, or there's someone from another perspective that would add to the discussion, that would be the opportunity for you to add them. Okay, now you're done. We. <laughs> you have to follow up next, okay? You said all these things. People have told you that they're going to do certain things. Now you just have to, you send out an email and say like, hey, this is what we discussed. This is my understanding of how it happened uh, and what the next steps are. You set yourself calendar and uh, reminders and you update your allies if you had been talking to people. That way you keep them at the same stage as you are in your journey and so they can maybe help you with next steps. Okay, we're gonna role play now. We're gonna hand out some stuff. Let's do it. Okay, so we're gonna first do uh, scenario number three. So I need, uh, there's uh, several tables that have this on um, both sides. I need one person for the editor's perspective. Anybody wanna volunteer to come up to do the role play? Anybody? It's fun. Come on. Deborah? Okay, come on. Oh, I'm sorry. I saw Deborah first. Sorry. Do you want to? Okay. Uh, editor's perspective, and I need one reporter from scenario three. Which one is that? It says three. It says three at the top, and then reporter's perspective. Okay. Wait. From the same group? No. It's for the. It's a, no. It's the. Uh, it's it's for the people who have the reporter's perspective on their cheat. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Reporter's perspective. So we have the editor's. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah. All right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, so you could uh, sit here. For the people who are in the back, do you want to come join us so that you can see this, or maybe you can hear it? I don't know. This is this is so strange. This call is <laughs> busting our moves. Yeah, it really is. Uh, how long are we giving the scenario? You want to like five minutes? Okay. So they have to give three. <laughs> okay. Okay, sure. Okay, so this is the scenario. You have a, a reporter, a white 30-something male journalist, mid-sized news organization. He's written an article about difficulties of being a racial minority in a predominantly white town. There's a woman featured in the piece, a black woman named Vanessa. Um, and the lead in the net graph seemed to suggest that not only is she having difficulty um, in the neighborhood because of discrimination, but that she doesn't actually belong there and that she should move. So the rest of the article is really solid, is well reported, but this top needs work. And uh, the editor thinks that people are going to think that that's racist. Okay? All right, ladies. Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> What? I only got half of this. <laughs> yeah, you only know one half of the story. You're only one person. Yeah. Okay, well, I still don't know it, so good luck. <laughs> All right. Okay. Ring, ring, ring. This is over a phone call. <laughs> oh, my phone rang. Hello? Hey, it's, it's your editor. Oh, hi, I'm about to get on an airplane. Yeah. What's up? Hey, look, I'm, I'm reading your piece, and generally, most of it is solid, but I personally am a bit concerned about the lead and the nut graph because I think it might imply, and I'm not sure if this was your intention, I don't think it was, that Vanessa might not belong in the community that she lives in. What? I know. No. <laughs> I know. It's it's hard to hear, but you know, I <laughs> hard to hear. I worked on this for months. I I mean, I I took extra pains to be super sensitive. Totally. I'm thinking though. <laughs> I'm thinking though, you know, our audience or just a general audience of if I'm feeling this way, I'm thinking maybe it's possible that others could feel this way. And generally, the work in here is very good. And if we're able to rework the nut graph and the lead, <gasps> I, yeah. <laughs> and I can help you through that process. I'm I think it will help the readers get to the ultimate point you're trying to make. <sighs> I literally, like, I'm not in love with my writing, but I'm just saying that I worked on this for hours. Like, I'm, I love the lead. What's wrong with the lead? Yeah, the lead definitely needs some work. <laughs> as I said, it can be misinterpreted as being a little racist. That, oh. Mm. And if I am feeling this way, I am sure that the internet will probably feel worse. <laughs> Look, you can find people on the internet who would say anything. They will back up anybody that they want to. And I was very careful on this. Okay. Is that enough? Yeah, okay. There were there were so many good things in there. So yeah, you're showing understanding, right? Um, I would not use the term racist though. I love what you said about um, 
you know, readers, uh, our readers would, you know, are going to read this in a certain way. One way to kind of couch things is say, not even that I would um, say, uh, you know, if, okay, so I work at the New York Times, so I say like, you know, I don't want our readers to think that the New York Times, da 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 or if I'm a, if I'm a black woman living in this community, I don't want us, you know, I don't want, I think that the New York Times doesn't understand where I'm coming from, you know, so that way it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit further out from you, it's like separated from you, okay. And yeah, so this, I didn't give a specific lead or nut graph to be tweaked, but if, if you already have those words in front of you, you can actually, you know, say like, oh, I would tweak it this way. So she so didn't really have the benefit to, of that. Yes, question. Yes. That, that's excellent. Um, I don't know if you guys can hear it, but um, she was saying that if you can ask the reporter, how did you arrive at this lead? You know, so kind of sort of help them backtrack and then you can see their intention. Uh, that, that's a really important thing is to uh, show that you understand. Show that you, we lost everything. <laughs> We've lost Don't everything. Understand. <laughs> can you guys hear me? There you are. Yeah, okay. Um, to show understanding that you know where someone is coming from and you know they put in the work. What um, the editor didn't know in this situation is that this reporter had worked on this for like several months and stuff. So just like kind of acknowledging where people are coming from. Okay. Mind, you, mind you, as a reporter, there is one thing. I would say it's, I don't want to say it's not grown up, but the fact that you have worked a long time on a piece doesn't justify that you might haven't gotten the proper Preach. editing from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you've been... <laughs> So the fact, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> the fact that you are saying, but I've worked so much on this piece, maybe it means that you didn't get the proper feedback at the right time, and uh, and that is our loss as, as 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 reporters. So we need to we need to ask for proper feedback at the right time, so that we don't go in the you're snake singing pit. my song you're singing my song i um so on the you know as a copy editor someone has edited it before um you've gotten it you get it at the last minute basically and so there were so many times on the copy desk where someone said oh but my assigning editor read it already i'm like okay and then for the a1 stories or for um really prominent stories that uh, a lot of senior editors have uh done they'll say like well our executive editor took a look and I said, did our executive editor copy edit like I just did? You know, it's like, it's, I'm looking at it in a different way and I have a different perspective and I'm looking for, uh, I'm giving it a more granular read. So embrace that perspective. I'm not saying it's always gonna be right, but consider it. Don't just say, I've worked on this for three months, so of course it's fine. Okay, let's move on to... Do you wanna do two? Uh, yeah. We do two? Yeah. So Let's, we have a manager and reporter. Yeah. So uh, for scenario number two, I need one manager. Right yeah. Okay. Come on. And then what was the other one? Was it an employee? Employee. An employee for uh, such scenario number two. Employee. Anybody? Scenario number two. Anyone? Are you going to have to be the employee? Royal. Did, did no one get scenario number two? Yeah. The employee. Okay, thank you. Yeah. 
I was scared that I missed the table. Yeah, no, 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 no. We're very diligent. Okay, so. Yeah. First of all, you're a valued member of my team. So, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, just that. So you guys can just read what the scenario is. Someone is uh, feeling Hannah, yeah. yeah. I start the conversation. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Hi. You look so great today. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Hannah. Um, what did you want to talk about today? So there's been something. Sorry. So I know that we've been a little stressed out at work with a lot of the different people leaving, the company making changes. But um, I just want you to know that personally, I feel like I've been put on a lot more responsibilities than um, I can handle at this moment. And I know that this is maybe not the easiest conversation to have with you, but I just want you to be aware of what I have on my plate. And I just wanted to talk to you if there was anything that we could do to maybe um, help me out in that area. I'm really so glad you came to me. Obviously, you know, all the members of the team are, are feeling this way, and I think it's really brave of you to, to come and talk to me about it. And I'd really love to know, um, because I don't see you every moment of every day, let's talk about what the biggest stress points of your work day are. Can you identify for me anything you do currently that you either think we could maybe stop doing do in a different way or transfer to another department, that would be really helpful for me so that I can co-advocate for you. That's awesome. Um, there are different areas that I feel like could, there are parts of the things that we do that I think we don't need to be doing anymore mm -hmm. that I feel like we could, that would take less of the stress off of my plate. But I just want to be sure that in taking the stress off of my plate that we don't put that on other um, members of my team. So this is definitely a personal issue that I have that I don't want it to affect the other people that I work with? Well, you know, well, we're all taking on more, and it may be that in shifting those jobs, someone else, you know, will have to continue doing it. Um, we can't stop doing everything we do. But I think that if I can talk to all the members of the team and get kind of a holistic look about what everyone's spending their day on, that's going to help us divide that more fairly. Um, and I also hope that if you identify one of the projects that we have coming up in the works that I'm super excited about. If you identify something that you'd like to work on, please come to me and let's talk about that. Uh, I want you to be excited when you come to work. Oh, thank you. I thought this was going to be a much more difficult conversation <laughs> than what it was. <laughs> <laughs> That was great. Thank you all so much. Um, lots of good things there. I love, um, with the manager's perspective, wanting to know specific pain points to address them, right? Um, I love how, um, with the employee, they were able to give like specific examples. Specificity is really key. And that was like, that was like real advocacy, like not wanting to put it on someone else's. That was, yeah, that that's great. Um, but just an acknowledgement that like things are, you know, people are stretched thin, and then the manager's like, yeah, you know, everyone is taking on a little more just to kind of acknowledge where, where we are. So there's just like lots of uh, good things there. Uh, that went really agreeably. It may not always go that way. So <laughs> it may not always go that way. So um, I think uh, if you were, if you got pushed back from the manager, right? Uh, and they're like, well, you know, everybody just has to work a little bit harder. Then you want to show um, how many hours extra you're working, 
right? Um, you want to show how that is going to affect the report or your job, um, how you know numbers would go down, um, things would get, there'd be more mistakes. Like in my job, I'm an editor on the most granular level, so <laughs> I had to have a talk with my, my managers and say, you know, I am the designated driver of this department. If everyone else gets sloppy drunk, I have to get us safely to our destination, to publication. That's literally what I said. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. One of us has to get some sleep, <laughs> basically, you know? And so however you need to do it, um, you want to um, make it in terms of the productivity and what your manager is thinking. Um, as you also think about yourself. Adversarial conversations also have a charge, are charged culturally. Mm -hmm. uh, I yes. am from Mexico, and uh, the Latino, Latinx way of showing intimate, or intim intimidate people is by raising your voice and begin to turn the conversation into something that could be violent. And that generally shuts everybody's off, especially if you are a queer person, if you're a woman, if you're a woman of color, et cetera, et cetera. So what happens when somebody starts escalating just by raising their tone? Is that what you mean, Royal? Do you really think like that? So what do you do? A, it's not personal. They're not gonna hit you in the face, you're fine. It's not personal disconnected from the trauma that you have experienced before, it's not personal, it's not about you. Second, if you feel the sweat on your upper lip and you started feeling jittery, you have to say that you're not comfortable with the tone, you have to say, and think if the situation is putting you in a place where you really have to act and do something else. And those are other conversations that we can have, but make sure that you know that it's not about you. When a person reacts like that, it's because they are afraid. And they're afraid of you. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's, try and run, yeah, let's try and run through the, the last scenario then. Um, we have the scenario one. Yep. Yeah, so scenario one is the, which one is that? Employee. The employee, we need one employee. Okay, come on up. And uh, we need one um, manager. Scenario one, a manager? I'm employee. Manager. Manager for, okay. Come on up, Deborah. Here. Okay. Try to speak to the mic, because people are in the back. You guys can see the general scenario. Hey, John, thank you so much for. Just one second, I gotta send this. Oh. Okay. Are you working on? <laughs> Are you working on some kind of deadline? Why would you interrupt me like that? This oh. is an important meeting we're having. Hey, I, I was just, I, it was my mom. I just had to get back to her. That's inappropriate, John. Actually, that is what I'm calling you in for to chat about. You know, when, when we're at work, it's really important for us to be able to focus on what it is the task at hand is. And um, especially in a meeting with your manager, or even a meeting with your colleague, you should not be interrupting anyone to take a personal call. Unless it's an emergency, it seems like that was a quick text. It, it did not seem like an important enough thing for you to interrupt this meeting. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, so, uh, so what did you want to talk about? 
So John, um, you've been here now for about a year, is that right? Right. And um, yeah, you've, your work has been okay, but I think that, <laughs> I think it can, it can really rise up to a, a different level if you're able to um, focus a little bit more in the workplace. I don't know. Well, we work in digital media, so I mean, I, I understood that a big part of my job is to um, multitask and to be plugged into all the uh, social outlets and be aware of what's going on and, and keep conversations going. So, yeah, I can do my job. Um, I have a lot of screens up at any given time, so I, I, you just have to balance those things. So I, I don't really see what the problem is. Absolutely. I just think you know, there's there are ways that we might be able to elevate your work. And actually, I wanted to hear a little bit from you about what it is that would challenge you more to do, um, you know, to elevate your work to the, the next level. Well, I, I thought my work was pretty good. So, I, I, this, again, this is surprising me. I've worked here for a year, and this is the first time hearing this. So, um, I, I really don't know where you're coming from. Um, so, um, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't really get it. No, absolutely, John. Your work is pretty good, but I think we can push it up to the next level. I mean, we, I want to talk a little bit about your career development in this meeting, and um, I'm just wondering what it is that would challenge you and, and take things to the next level. Because there's always, there's always a next level, right? Right. Well, I'd like to be social media manager. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell me a little bit about why, why you'd like to be in that position. I'm really good at it. I've got lots of practice. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and the Oscar goes to. Um, so, yes. Employee who is always on social media, always on email, always on uh, whatever. And uh, for the manager, the manager didn't know whether or not it was for something uh, like there was a childcare issue or what the deal was. So it's kind of like coming into this thing. Why are you on? Yeah. Are you on all this stuff all the time? And then from the employee's perspective, uh, there, there was a phone call to the mother, but your backstory, you didn't, you just were kind of on the internet. You weren't, there wasn't like a big, like elder care issue or anything like that. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. You, let's, uh, me and Louisa. What do you want to be? Um, You're the boss. You're always the boss. You want me to be the manager? Be the manager. Okay. And I call this meeting, right? Yeah. yeah. Hi, Louisa. Thank you for coming. Um, Louisa? Hey, I'm, I, 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 I'm a multitasker. I'm a multitasker. Okay, for this meeting, I want uh, us to have both of our full attention. Is that all right? You have my heart. <laughs> so Can I record this for my Instagram no, followers? No, 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 no. So I'm calling this meeting, Louisa, because... Boo emoji. <laughs> so... <laughs> I know it can be a pain in the neck, but you know, you know, I'm so committed. Louisa, to the, I'm so committed to the company. I appreciate that. Let me just say a few things, please. Okay. Two. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
So I call this meeting because I wanted to talk about your performance. Uh, things have been really good in some areas, uh, but I do see some things that need work. I find that you're on social media a lot. I know that uh, part, of, part of the job is to monitor social media to Hashtag some degree. my job. Not all of your job, but it's a little bit too much is what I'm saying. It's a little bit too much and it's uh, affecting your work. I'm I think sorry, I don't, I don't understand what you just said. It's Can affecting you your work? That? Sure, here's the way I'm gonna say it. If you um, are on Facebook and uh, Instagram or even um, Slack and it's not for work and I have some folks in the department who are able to put out uh, three stories a week and I see that you're only really putting out one, it makes me think that if you weren't spending so much time on social media, then you might be more productive. Can you do my job? Yes, I can Are do my job. Are you qualified to do my Absolutely. job? What year were you born in? Because <laughs> I was born in 1994. <laughs> I, I don't do Louisa? math. What, I was Louisa. born in 1998. Louisa, I need your full attention. I graduated from Stanford. I have Louisa. two PhDs. Louisa. I could Here's be your thing. manager. Here's the thing. I can be your manager. In this case, I'm the manager. I can work for Twitter. <laughs> you can work for Twitter? <laughs> I could be working She's laying it on thick people. Here's the thing. This is what I need from you. I need uh, three stories a week, uh, so you're underperforming at this point. I am not going to monitor your social media, but is there anything that you want to tell me that's going on with you personally, that you need to be online so much? I was born in 1994. Okay, so you don't have uh, elder care or there's not any it's kind of problem. Life. It's my life. Okay, it's my so, social life. Okay, so here's the thing. I'm talking about your work life, and it's really important if you're going to stay in this position, in this department, that you meet that expectation. I don't think I might stay. I think I want to quit right now. You want to quit right now? I am going. Goodbye. It was great. <laughs> I love you so much. I'm sorry. It's horrible. I don't have to. I don't treat my friends like that. No. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So, uh, good and bad in that. What do you all think? What do you all think? Yes. So, I think, um, This is like such a good point. Um, I just yeah. want to say it so that everyone can hear. Um, so when you're dealing with any kind of performance situation um, and you know someone's work has been affected, you track specific tasks that you had given them and then see you know they were on social they were on Twitter right after you did that and then they tend to something in late. So that way you can point to a specific thing and that's good for. But you know what? Sometimes people might not know that what they're doing is detrimental. And I, and I, and I emphasize, because I am from the, from the pre-millennial generation, we cannot assume, and, and you said it, let's assume the best of people. We cannot assume that people know what is appropriate and what is not, because it is not taught in J school. Did anybody tell you in J school that you have to follow rules from 19, 1975? No, they didn't. So we have to be able to be, you know, 
understanding of where the other person is coming from. Maybe they don't know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, that's completely valid. Um, if you have an expectation in your department, however, that um, there's a certain output for whatever it is, um, maybe you're right. Maybe someone has uh, three stories to put out, but then they are, I don't know, they have some other discrete task that is special to the department, like um, managing the social media account or you know being a li- liaison for another department, stuff like that. So maybe not everybody's job is the same. But if you have some sort of broad expectations for everyone, then I think it's completely appropriate to say, like, hey, this is in this department what we do. And again, this person has been there for uh, a shorter period of time, so may not be as familiar with you know, the way it works across different departments. So, but that is an excellent point that you can't necessarily compare people, but you can set expectations um, and just letting people know what they are. Do you want us to open the floor for other considerations? Yeah. Maybe if there are more general considerations. Yeah, because we have like 18 to, yeah, minutes. Like so. Shout out, shout out, shout out. Yeah, so just uh, questions about anything we talked about or um, any comments? Four. One. Yeah, so you've talked about, um, about assuming the, the best in everybody and mm-hmm. maybe they're not. I can't their see. Their behavior or when they say something in particular. Mm-hmm. But what if you bring up? Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, That's a good one. This is a good one. I don't, I don't know if everyone heard it, so I'm going to repeat it. So uh, if you bring up a concern that something is insensitive um, and the person doesn't think that it's a problem, oh, it's, it's fine to me. I've gotten that like so many times from reporters. That's when you kind of get into, uh, for people of this cultural group, um, say for, you know, you know, maybe for this faith community, when you say this term, it means this, which uh, many people are going to think uh, is, is insensitive or is insensitive to people of this group. So that's when you're giving them the lenses. You know, you're, you're going to run into that, where people say, like, oh, it's fine to me. Uh, I've worked here for X number of years, or this is my specialty or my subject area or whatever. This is my beat. I know. But you're giving them a tool that they don't have. So you just have to kind of take it from that perspective. Is that helpful? Does anyone have any idea besides that? I'm always looking to learn myself. Well, somebody taught me something. Mm-hmm. Okay, in defense of Deborah, before it, you know, mm-hmm. began deploying a beat down, um, I did like that she sort of made it about his advancement. Yes. His, you know, to help him get to the next yeah. level. Yeah. And he was frankly friggin' rude, right? Yeah, you yeah. Enter a, a, a meeting like that, and I mean, unless you're, you're uh, I mean, I know what he was doing; he was brilliant. Yeah. What she, she, he, he got her where she sort of like bring brought down the head. Yeah, yeah. She stopped. She brought trying to bring you back and bring it. It's about you getting you to the next level. Yeah. And somebody taught me like to enter the meeting in the first place. You go curious and not furious. Mm-hmm. You sort of with furious. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's but, beautiful. I mean, and. Curious and not furious. I love yeah. that. One of the things I'm learning is like that a lot of our influence, like 
he did this, so it must be this. He must be like the worst employee. Mm -hmm. And then you, you go asking questions, I guess, to help them. It's about you. And the whole radical empathy thing, I guess, plays into it. Yes. But, I mean, once I went sideways, I mean, I, I would have cut the meeting short and, like, left the room. It's like, where do you go from there? I mean... Yeah, it's a couple of things of, uh, of uh, a couple of things about that. So, yeah, you want to. Um, I like that as well. Um, asking about you know elevating the other person and making it about if you fix this issue, then you will get along further in your career. Um, making it personal to them that was excellent. Excellent. Um, there are going to be times when people get really uh, flustered. Things get. Yep. to a point where they're not productive anymore. And that's when you say, you know what? I don't think we're going to get where we want to go today. Um, how about we break and each kind of think about it and maybe come at it from another angle and just uh, review tomorrow? Yes. Yeah, so that's, um, I think that's Good. a great point. You've got to consider that you've had all this time to prepare for the conversation. Mm -hmm. You have the script written in your mind of how it's going to go, and they're going to be they're going to agree with you completely. Oh, yeah, I use social media way too much, and you're right, I need to get my, my stuff together. But often it won't go that way. I, I think part of it is letting the, the person on the receiving end process it. Uh, they may be honestly surprised. Mm -hmm. They may be defensive. But but expecting it, you know, to everything to resolve there, I like the idea of coming back to it. Yes. Or, you know, bringing it up in stages. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, letting them think about it because they, you know, you got to put yourself in their position that they haven't had time to to, to process it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's so critical. Not uh, when you have when you get to that point in a conversation, um, you have emotions at this point. That person's going to be defensive even if you've done everything right a lot of the time. And so give that person a little bit of time to process it. If you're on deadline, this has happened to me before where I had um, uh, you know, talk to a reporter, and we sort of couldn't come up with a solution. And even though we were on deadline, deadline was like a half hour away, I said, you know what? Um, how about we just break for a second, um, and you just kind of read that graph again on your own, and I'll look at it too, and then I'll call you back in like 10 minutes. How about that? And then we did, and we were able to get a solution um, by deadline time. Because sometimes people just need a minute, and you have to appreciate where someone's coming from. You know, this is news to them, right? Culturally speaking, there is some, there's also something else. Uh, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't matter what culture you come from. Saying no or saying yes is extremely charged. And so sometimes we say yes even if we mean no. So the possibility of being understood either as, a, as, as an employee or either as a manager or in each capacity that we are in is, 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 the, is the goal and is the road to travel. Because we are not going to be understood in the perfect way that we think that we're going to be understood. And uh, again, as people from cultural minorities, from racial minorities, from gender-based minorities, we say yes, but we mean no. Or we say no and we mean yes. And so it is, and I'm not even tapping on the consent thing. Please don't, don't take it there. What I mean is it is very difficult to take on feedback. It's very difficult to accept it. It's very difficult to understand it. And it's also very difficult as a manager not to replicate the models that we have been trained as managers. What do you think about that? Yeah, I just wanted to say on that, um, you know, sometimes managers will um, 
treat people the way they've been managed always, um, even though the, that workplace culture was different than what it is now, yeah. uh, even though that uh, workforce was less diverse than it is now in terms of gender, in terms of ethnicity, in terms of age. And it, not every, this is not one-size-fit-all stuff, right? So you have to look at the person in front of you and look at the experiences of that person, where they're, where they're coming from, and uh, you know, adjust your mirrors. That's what that whole concept is about. Yes. Yes. Please. Um, this is uh, kind of piggybacking off of the prepare one that you talked about, coming to the meeting with solutions if you want to express a problem. Um, earlier this year, we told every one of our employees, I'm a manager for our team, um, and I asked my employees, if you're going to come to me with a problem, come with three solutions. The reason for three is the first one is always money, right? I hire another person. I need this new computer. I need technology. Like, the first one is always financial. It's always budget. It's always money. So if, if you ask them to come with one, it might be like, well, I need more money, or we need to hire somebody. So if people are forced to come up with three solutions, I found it's really helped mm -hmm. us. It's helped me as a manager. Kind of, they've started that conversation before they even come in. And with the challenge, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, they've been challenged. And it's, it's forced them to think of things from three different ways. And it makes my life a little bit easier, and it's helped a big time in our yeah, I mean, that's that's really big. Uh, just so in case in the back you didn't hear, um, having, uh, you know, sort of looking at three different solutions, you know, one might be the most obvious, like hire another person about money. Second might be more, like maybe we could divide our time uh, better, uh, et cetera. Uh, and in that uh, first scenario, you had mentioned uh, you figured out some things that we no longer need to do. That's free, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, yeah, just looking at it from a couple of different angles is really helpful. Other questions, comments? Yes. Um, so some more advice. Mm -hmm. Sure. It's not maybe like a direct conversation, but do you have any advice for working with someone that's your peer, you're at the same level, same manager level, that's just genuine, a real human being? <laughs> <laughs> and, nice, and it's not just towards you, it's towards everyone. Mm -hmm. I, I want to say something. I want. I think other people might have ideas, but I just want to say something. So, uh, with peers, okay, it's not okay to be rude. We know this, right? Um, and rude people. This this may sound mean, but I treat in the same way that when a child comes and interrupts you when you're talking to someone. Um, I've seen school teachers do this, and they say, um, "Jane, when two people are talking, it's rude. So what you're doing right now is rude." Seriously, and so if someone, um, so if someone is coming at you in a particular fashion, you could tell them like, "Hey, you may not realize that, but that that tone you're taking is uh, making me uncomfortable." Or you're raising—I don't know if you realize it, but you're raising your voice right now. You know, I don't know if you realize it, but um, you just cut me off. Okay, um, and if this person is rude to everyone, like in a meeting, call out interrupters. Okay. Or bring it back to the person who was, who was talking. What's your name? Vanessa. Vanessa. Okay, so um, if someone interrupts uh, Vanessa, I might say, um, Vanessa, what was, you were just saying something. Um, could you just finish your point on that? 
or um, if say it was uh, Louisa who interrupted you, I said, Louisa, I think that Vanessa was trying to say something there. And so it's an acknowledgement that no, that was rude what you just did. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not doing it like a child, you would with a, a child, but it is sort of the same idea. Assuming this person does not realize um, that they're being rude. And I would say with the assuming the best in the people thing, it works even if you feel they don't deserve that extra leeway. Because the way you pro approach someone, if you come to someone as if you think that what they're doing, that they just don't know, it just works out better. Does anyone ever, else have a point on that? Yes. Oh, okay. Anybody else on that point? No? Okay, go ahead. What's your question? Uh, so say, you know, I just want to make sure I'm done. Mm -hmm. The person is still your manager, you're still their employee, mm -hmm. you still have to have talks with like these talks with them. How do you move forward from that? Um, yeah. Um, my first thing, because I've, I've had versions of that. Um, I think the first thing you need to do is not pretend like everything is okay. I think there's an acknowledgement. And, and you know, if, say if you're having a meeting and say like, hey, um, that last meeting we had, it didn't go, I think, the way either of us planned. Um, my intention was to show a challenge that people are experiencing in the department so that we can be more efficient. Um, and I think that what you were saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you were concerned that we weren't going to get all the work done the way that it needed to be. Is that, is that right? Okay. And so now you're on like a common, a common like feel there. And then you can move forward with the other steps. You know, trying to figure out more commonalities, trying to figure out what the other person wants, what is the other person's chief concern. Um, is it a budget thing? Is it a uh, on time thing? Is it like some kind of number you have to meet? Is it, you know, some kind of expectation? And then go from there. Does that answer your question or do you, is there like more nuance to it? Well, there is something else to think about and that is your self-care. What, because you might, after a conversation like that, we might be in a crisis. Because you're going to feel, oh my God, I have to quit. Uh, how am I going to pay rent? Uh, I have to pay childcare. What's going on? I, uh, this was my dream job, and now I've lost everything. So there's very simple tactics that are extremely useful, but you really have to be able to take a second and think of what you want to do, and also be kind to yourself. We are the worst possible evaluators of our own performance. Somebody was saying performance reviews. We, we review our performance in the most horrific way. We tell each other things that we wouldn't even say to another human being, and yet we're like, and you, uh-uh, and you were, uh-uh-uh, and by the way, that outfit, oh my god. So <laughs> let's be kind to ourselves, let's be generous to ourselves, and then we can go back and plan and decide what the next step is, even if the next step is the nuclear button. We need to be able to prepare for that and say, well, that went, went bad and it's the drop and I cannot continue or that meeting didn't go as well as we thought. Yeah, take a minute. Take a minute. Take a minute. Or step a day one. or a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Mm -hmm. 
Ah, oh, I, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Okay. This, this is my territory. Yeah, sure. Um, when you're dealing with, uh, this is like for a news coverage thing, like you're, you're editing a story or this is like if you're an editor and it's a reporter, that kind of thing, um, and the reporter becomes offended, they're offended that you got offended uh, when reading this thing, right? Is that um, the question, basically? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, hmm. it's not about... It's not about you as the editor, right? You are a reader advocate, and you are reading it with fresh eyes. This person may have been reading uh, and writing this story for months. Say like, you know, I know you've been, show understanding, you know, I know you've been working on this story for weeks or months, um, and I know that when that happens, it can be hard to kind of take a step back, and I, this story is fresh to me, and this is what I've been able to see. And if I was a member, if I'm a member of this, you know, of this religious group, and I see this phrase, which I know means X, Y, Z, maybe this person doesn't know that phrase, right? I know this phrase means X, Y, Z. I'm thinking that um, X, Y, Z news organization isn't in touch with my community. I know that's not what you meant, okay? But that's how it can read. You can read it both ways. And I want to eliminate the possibility that anyone thinks that it's that way. And this is my suggestion. How about whatever your suggestion is? And, and kind of play it that way. Does that make sense? Or do you have like a follow-up question? Or? Like emotional, how like someone's crying or someone's yelling or? Okay, so um, so the follow-up part of the question was, um, you know, people uh, maybe the reporter is insistent. Um, you know, people of your generation are you know just kind of reading too much into this. Um, don't take it so personal. Well, that's a good time to inform that reporter that people of your generation read your news organization's work. Okay, <laughs> for one, um, and also that if anyone is reading this, this is the thing about words, if anyone is reading this and is seeing it in a different way, then you have a clarity problem. So if one person reads this thing in the way that you intended and it's fine, and you know, another person reads it and it's, is wildly offended, then how about let's just change it so everyone isn't wildly offended. Let me stop you right there and then, because sure. you're taking on the emotional labor mm -hmm. of a person right now. The argument that you develop is taking on the emotional labor of a person who is actually emoting because of the privilege that they are writing from. I, I, I take you there, and, this, and we have a second to, 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 to oh, finish. Yeah, we have to, we have I to take you up. there just for one reason. Because when a person is actually emoting when you're criticizing something that they're saying, it is a tactic. Mm -hmm. It is a combat strategy to put you in a position where you're like, no, 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 but that, don't get upset. That's not what I mean. I believe that I we need to be yeah. able to call 
BS when BS in, is, in, is, is in front of us. If something is racist, if something is sexist, if something is classist, if something is disrespectful, we need to be able to not take the emotional labor of the reporter or the editor or the manager or the funder. Yeah, it's, you know I, mean, I mean, it's a it's a tricky thing, right? And you need to publish this story, yeah. right? And you need to publish it in the next 20 minutes or what have you. And so you need to do what you can in that little bit of period to make the, uh, the person understand some kind of commonality and understand um, your readers. And so you have to be a reader advocate. It's, it's not, Correct. it's a difficult conversation, but, um, but it's one that you can do. But yeah, go through the steps and kind of come from where they're coming from. We have to get out of this room. <laughs> Thank you all so much.